You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. This is Episode 2, the homily from Easter Sunday, 2021. So let's try it. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Make sure you pound that indeed in there. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Congratulations and thank you. And I say those two words with meaning and integrity. Thank you for coming. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for getting through this past year. And I say congratulations too. Congratulations in that those of us who've been baptized, confirmed, we share in the victory. We share in Christ's victory over death, over the evil one. Christ beat the devil with his own instruments. As they say in the East, he trampled death by death. He overcame death with death so that we might live forever. So we can say with that anthem from the 70s, we are the champions. We are the champions. So again, thank you and congratulations. Congratulations for getting through I would call a year of trial. And who are we kidding? We could say that you went through two Lents from hell. A year ago, Lent, we entered into Lent, and boom, we got shut down. Just like that, taken from us. And this year, if you were like me, you were kind of excited we're gonna get another Lent, and boom, the snow apocalypse hit. <laughs> and we woke up, came out of the snow, and it was Lent. What happened? But it was still an invitation. Actually, it may have been a great way, great way to start Lent so that we can grow in gratitude for the things that we have, like heat. So again, thank you and congratulations. And welcome to all of you who might be visiting, maybe from out of town, especially, especially those who are your family members that are in here visiting. And, and I know you guys are back here, so don't think... I forgot about you again. But this morning, I'd like to look at the gospel I read was actually from last night. And we had a special night last night. It was about three hours last night. The choir knows they were here for the whole time. And like I said, there's a newness in the church. About 12, 13, 14 people went through RCIA and came into the church last night and, and brought their families. God bless them, and hopefully we can continue to welcome them. But I also invite you, in today's gospel, I like to just look at two words, at two words from this morning's gospel that we took from last night. It's the resurrection account from Mark. And what is it? Well, it's, it's the three ladies, the Marys, and they're doing something extraordinary. They got up early, on the first day of the week, that's today, on Sunday, and they do something heroic. Not the guys, not the apostles, not the men, but the three women go into the night, into the cold, into the danger, and they're not even sure how they're going to do this, to do something that for most Jews is considered unclean, anoint his body. They don't know how they're going to get there. They don't even know how they're they're going to get someone to roll back the stone. But they go anyway. 
They go anyway because they represent the church that sometimes has to remind us men in the church what courage looks like. And what do they encounter? Do they encounter the risen Christ? No, not yet. They encounter an empty tomb. And that empty tomb is always a question. How did it get empty? Now this translation, it says they were amazed. It sometimes said they were bewildered. They were confused. They don't know what happened. They even thought someone might have stolen him. They don't know what to think. Because something has happened. That empty tomb. But then they were told by this unnamed angel standing there and saying, what are you doing here? In another gospel, he says, why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus is not here. He rose like he told you he would. But then he says two words, and the Greek word is aya agapate, which just means, but go. But go. But go and do what? Go where? And then he says later, go and tell the disciples. Jesus says the same thing when he meets Mary Magdalene, which we'll read later. Go tell my brothers. So in the first moments of that Easter morning, they're sent on mission. So the little wrinkle this morning I'd like to do with you guys is kind of give you really what I would call a Pentecost sermon. A Pentecost sermon is a missionary sermon. And there's a reason why I want to give you a Pentecost sermon this morning. It's really a practical one because more people come on Easter than on Pentecost. <laughs> so I want to take this opportunity to look at these two words, but go, but go. Because all of us who have been baptized and confirmed have been sent on mission. So what I'd also like to do is maybe show you something that maybe you haven't seen before. As Catholics, sometimes we're accused of having too many rules. Okay. That just means our church is rich. And if you've ever read the catechism, sure, there's about 13 to 1400 paragraphs because it is rich. If you look at even the section on the Ten Commandments, it's a hundred pages long. That's not complicated. That's rich. But I want to do something I've never done before and show you another book that I bet you none of you have ever read. Probably don't even have in your library. It's not exactly beach reading. The Code of Canon Law. Now you might look, well, that's intimidating. You don't have to know any of this. Not really. But you have to know what's in it because it's Mother Church talking to us. And there's a small part that has a nice little title and it says, The People of God. In canon law, there's a whole section on your rights and responsibilities. Let me say that again. There's a whole section that's devoted to you as rights and responsibilities. So I'd like to look at it, not the whole thing, just two little paragraphs that maybe you never knew existed. Once again, this is not me talking. This will be Mother Church talking to us this morning. Now, I know you guys can't see the screen, so I'm going to have to read it to you. And I got my little pointer here like a good teacher. <laughs> so, Canon 211. Let's see what it says. 
Canon 2.11 says, all the Christian faithful, right here, that's you guys, have the duty and right to work so that the divine message of salvation more and more reaches all people, not some people, all people in every age and in every land. What does that mean? Do we know that? Do we believe that? Does that scare us? It should, because we have all been commissioned, commissioned to go to all people in every age and in every land. Because my friends, either Jesus rose from the dead or he didn't. Either he is God or he's not. Either Christianity is true or it's not. We don't have any other options there. It is the good news. And if it's good, we have no business keeping it to ourselves. None whatsoever. It is too good of news to not bring it to the world. You know, if you're like me, every once in a while, I'm dumb enough to turn on the news. And it's 90% bad news. It's all because bad news sells. If it bleeds, it leads. So that's why we depend on you to let the world know there is good news. There is another canon, Canon 225. It has two paragraphs. We'll just look at the first paragraphs. Since, like all the Christian faithful, lay persons, that's you guys, are designated by God to the apostolate through baptism and confirmation. Most of the people in here have been, had both. They are bound by general obligation and possess the right as individuals or as Jonah associations to work so that the divine message of salvation is made known and accepted by all persons everywhere in the world. Did you know that was out there? This obligation is even more compelling, and this is my favorite part, in those circumstances which only through them can people hear the gospel and know Christ. Those circumstances in which only through them, that's you guys, you guys live in, in communities that we in these fancy clothes don't get into. You reach the world that I cannot get into. The days are over when missionaries, Franciscans, Jesuits, priests, and nuns were expected to do the catechism and the missionary work. We can look back on 50 years and say, it didn't work. We have to depend on you. And this is nothing new. We just didn't show it to you before. And so I'm now doing it. You know, those of you who've been baptized and confirmed, you're called the church militant. And maybe we don't use that term often enough. It's not my term. It's Mother Church's term. There is church triumphant in heaven, the church suffering in purgatory, and the church militant on earth. That's you. We have a commander-in-chief. It is Jesus Christ. We have generals. They're called bishops. And priests and deacons, we're just company commanders. That's all. And hopefully we can train you to be missionaries, to go, like I said, into those communities that we cannot. But what you just read is totally antithetical to our American culture. In American culture where we're told, keep your faith to yourself. I was a public school teacher. And I remember getting warned because I had a Bible on my bookshelf. 
Somebody told me, you can't have that here. I can have all kinds of other things on the bookshelf. Karl Marx, whatever. But oh, you got to be careful. Don't do that. And when we prayed with our athletes, I got warned. You can't do that, even though all of our athletes were Christians. I was, we were pushed out. And guess what we did? We bowed and said, okay. And I look back, and I am ashamed. Many of you here were confirmed a long time ago. Some of you are older brothers and sisters, so I need a show of hands. Who here was confirmed by a bishop and the bishop slapped you? Raise your hand. Well, they don't do that anymore. That's right. They used to confirm you and go, poof. <laughs> but that's not considered soft and gentle. We have lost something there. Because there are communities that you can go to, like I said, that we cannot. And in our 2021, there's all kinds of communities out there. I met a man once who was a, who collected Pez dispensers. You know those things that you go click and it kicks out the little piece of candy? He said, I'm a part of the greater Pez collecting community. Who would have known? <laughs> Where do they find each other? I guess on the internet they find each other. But there's all kinds of communities. And that Pez collector, if he's Catholic, has the right and the duty, duty to share his faith with his Pez collecting friends. Canon 21, 2.11, and 2.25 tell us that. To do what? The two words, but go. And in the end of Mass today, we'll give you a triple blessing. And after this homily, we will, you will redo your own baptismal vows. And we'll sprinkle you to remind you that you were all baptized and commissioned, confirmed to be lights to the world. The world will want you to keep your light private, to keep it under a bushel basket, as Jesus said. It's not meant to be under a bushel basket. And even though it is kind of early, let your personal Pentecost kick in, kick in. And by the very first moments of that resurrected day, when Jesus popped out of the tomb, and before anybody saw him, the angels were already commissioning people, go and tell my brothers. Go and tell Peter. Sometimes we have to tell the church. Sometimes us ministers have to be reminded that we're not just administrators, but evangelists. That our primary directive is the salvation of souls. That's our primary directive. And I think we can do a better job of embracing that. Because he is risen. He is risen indeed. We are the champions. And we're asked to embrace it. Go and make a world that needs it know that they too can be champions. Thank you for listening to Fide Catholica. Continue to check back as new episodes will be released in the coming weeks. Fide Catholica is produced by St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas.